0: It's always been like a team thing. It's always like everybody has to be on the same schedule, same mindset, you know. Even with basketball, five people got to be in, And like, no matter how. And I got extreme um, ownership. Oh, is it ownership yeah, i will yeah, saying yeah, that? Yeah. Like, just knowing that whatever happened, that's on me. If I skip training, that's on me. I think that was one thing I started to like more about doing martial arts. And... You know, a, I did team, I need guys to do that, but as a teenager, I, I felt like it, it was a new thing to me, you know, coming from Ghana, you know, like just getting into, you know, something that I'm not used to, that was new to me, it was just so unique.
1: Hello everyone, it's Jordan Boxer, your host of Leaders in Sport, a podcast brought to you by Designs for Sport, which is an industry-leading supplement company with all NSF for Sport supplements and education geared to help elevate the industry and support fit pros. Welcome everyone to another episode of Leaders in Sport. My name's Jordan, I'm your host, and today we're met with Heisen Rita. They say you're yeah, get it right. High-some. High-some. It. <laughs> Just don't beat the shit out of me when I nah, this, I, got, I got you. Um uh you are a professional jujitsu practitioner, athlete. Um you compete at the the world stage. Um so for people uh a lot of people listening might be aware of jujitsu, but would you mind going into it a bit like how competitive the sport actually is. Because people might think it's just, like, karate, like, uh, you know, like they <laughs> – I tell people jiu-jitsu and they think of Karate Kid. But, um, yeah, I would love if you could explain a little bit about the sport and where you compete and where people are ranked and just just some stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, um, <laughs> jiu-jitsu as a, as a sport is still very <laughs> – I think it's it's becoming more more mainstream now, but you know, I I remember when I first started, like it wasn't that very popular, you know, and a lot of people still confuse it for like karate, kung fu, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I still have family members that think <laughs> I do karate, you know. But hey, um, yeah, to me, I would say judo is more of like a ground game focused, you know. Even though you know, like recently we have more like the grappling. Um, it's becoming more and more like submission grappling and all that stuff. And a lot of wrestling is starting to come into it. But I feel like Jiu-Jitsu originally is a sport that was invented in Japan, you know, a Japan jitsu something like that. I don't remember. And, you know, the Brazilian came through, like took it, took it back and like modified it to what we know as the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so the common way is like, Getting the opponent to the ground and trying to finish them from there, or you've been underground and being able to finish your opponent from your back. I think so. It's a main focus of like surviving while you in the worst possible pushing you can find yourself. Like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, cause in Western sport,
1: I don't think there was really anything. Maybe catch wrestling, but. Most of the the objective of wrestling, especially in America, Canada, um, or even in a lot of European countries, is just get you to the ground. Yeah. And then whoever's pinned, the match is over. That's in, more
0: of a judo, right? Yeah, same as judo. Yeah. yeah. yeah
1: so where jiu is different is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just because you get someone to the ground, the, yeah, the fight's exactly. not over. All right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got a point there. Um, so, for example, judo is a prime example. It's... It's merely you spend most of your time on the feet and it's whoever who get a clean throw. Your back lands on the mat perfectly. You know, that was the, that's the end of the fight. With Jiu-Jitsu, we still have stand-up games. You know, we have wrestling and all that stuff. But getting the opponent to the ground, it's, it's the beginning, I would say, you know. Like, if you were watching some of, like, Jiu-Jitsu guys, they don't even, like, try to fight or resist. They take down. They just accept it because they know their abilities from there. Someone like me, I know if he took me down, like, okay, I know what's next or what are my attacks on there too. So, um yeah, that's a very perfect way to put it judo to On most part, you take them down, pin them, you're done. Judo to, think about it, get into the ground. That's the start.
1: Yeah, and I think... um What's been interesting to watch because I've always been in and out of jujitsu since I was 18. So for the past oh, wow. 18 years. Yeah. If only I stayed super committed, I'd be a <laughs> hey. Um But, you know, when I started doing it, it was um, my friend Keegan and I, or Keenan and I, um, watching BJ Penn tapes. Yeah. yeah. In his <laughs> garage. It. Yeah. In his garage. Or Vitor Belfort had some tapes. Yeah. <laughs> And we'd watch it in his garage and train just the two of us. Um, And then I went to a couple schools in Toronto and then I got more interested in striking and then I'd go back. But it was never like this idea that you're a professional jujitsu. I guess, is it still called a player? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: a jujitsu fighter. Yeah, fighter. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Um, Is relatively new because before, like 18 years ago when I was into it, the only way really for you to make money and make it a career was to teach um sort of like clinics yeah, around seminars, the world, seminars you know, yeah. there was no world type like, yeah mm-hmm. they had the worlds the but world there was thing. no like um the way you guys are with flow grappling yeah, there, was, there yeah. was none of that really mm-hmm. um but i think um when do you feel like jujitsu athletes started taking themselves as serious as like a hockey player or football player um and not just like hey it's a hobby i'm doing jiu jitsu or you know i'm rolling a few hours a day like yeah yeah cuz you're very clinical with like your strength training your diet mm-hmm, like you're mm-hmm. you're just as dialed in as any other professional athlete
0: yeah exactly and uh i'll i'll say i'm on the same path you know when i first got into jiu jitsu i've been training for like 12 years 13 years now and honestly i had the passion for it but at the time everybody i look up to like all the black belts it's like the goal was to get good enough travel to the state or wherever it is compete in the world championship Mm -hmm. become a gi ibjf world champion was like the ultimate goal you know and even then it wasn't like you're not gonna get paid or anything like that just for winning the IBJJF world title but it's always good for your brand. You get more seminars. You get to travel. You right. do all that stuff. So to me, ten years ago, that was my goal. Okay, I want to be a giveaway champion. <laughs> I want to get to the level where I'm gonna get invited to do seminars and like eventually open my own gym. That was the plan, you know. But like, you know, then as I kept going, I don't get me wrong. I still had passion for the sports. I've lived in a lot of cities, a lot of countries. Brazil, training, you know, for months um but then it's like i feel like it started becoming more mainstream like within this past four years i'll say you know um thanks to a lot of um you know big celebrities who are finally starting to find interest and i'll say joe rogan for example is a huge reason for it. the ufc you know guys starting to see like oh this due to stuff works and it's just like you know celebrities obviously getting into the more money has been pumped into it and i think um, just because people are starting to realize like, okay, uh, I can actually make a okay living just competing and like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't necessarily need to be a world champion to be known in this stage, you know, you just have to be entertaining, you know, have to go out there, put on the show. And if you do that, people really want to see that. And I see, and I think that's the biggest difference between the Gi and No Gi. And I think just nogi also popping up in the scene really helped because it was hard to get people to watch gi jiu jitsu so
1: so for people who aren't um <laughs> yeah for people who aren't familiar with jiu jitsu yeah what is the difference between gi jiu jitsu and no gi
0: yeah so um the gi is the traditional i'll say you know it's where we wear the uniform that looks like you know the judo style, you know gi even though it's a little much cooler with the Jiu Jitsu geese, you know, <laughs> it's something you can grab onto, you pull your opponent down, use them for throws and stuff like that. And it's less, like, or more friction, I would say, um, because your opponent is holding onto your sleeve and pulling down on your neck. So it's very, it was very hard to, to, for people to just, it's easier to stall as well. So people will be in the same pushing, like, just don't wanna give an inch. And especially at the highest level, because that first mistake and, you know, um, the gi using that, it makes it hard for people to move. And it's less exciting, I will say, because of that. But then the no-gi is just like where you just wear your rash guard, you can wear your shorts and pants, a wrestling singlet. So there's nothing to grab onto. So to me, actually, it's something of the realization I had because my whole career was more like a gi type of guy. So I was never really able to show my athleticism part. So that's know?
1: what, so gi... <clears throat> is um you can get by further in gi with technique and less exactly, athleticism exactly, yeah but in no gi technique mm. obviously is yeah king but mm. this is where athleticism strength yeah. and performance yeah.
0: mm-hmm. can piffle mm-hmm. up mm-hmm.
1: right and I and I'm wondering if that was really the change for jujitsu to take strength and conditioning um more seriously because it yeah. it matters more in gi Yeah. I, in Nogi. In no gi, really, yeah.
0: exactly. Yes, sir. It does matter a lot in Nogi, you know. Um just that the the I I don't know, you, you get yeah. to get you get away with a lot in nogi too, don't get me wrong, you know. Um when I train in the gi, I still love the gi, you know, even though I don't compete in the gi as much anymore. Um, it's just like I struggled with a lot of like the sleeves, you know, I had longer legs, people would slow me down using my geese and all that stuff and I just remember just being frustrated, you know. And actually I'd never really focused on nogi until like four years ago, you know, when I first got on i been training <laughs> nogi for like just a couple of months, but I still had the skills to to put it on the show. And then I moved here, and then I started just realizing, like, huh, people are not really holding on to me that much anymore. You know, I, my upper body especially is free because there's nothing pulling me down. So were you, were you able to excel um, further? Yep. All my breakthrough performances, even though I, I used to call myself a guy, all my breakthrough performances from Quintet to ADCC to who's number one, it's always been uh, nogi. And I think my athleticism really does help. You know my reaction time and faster you know that's where I, I i realized that I had to um focus more on my strength and conditioning and all that stuff because it became a huge part of my my game
1: where where are you ranked in the world right now?
0: Whew, last time I checked I was number exactly at number ten to, <laughs> yeah <laughs> how yeah. does
1: how does that feel to be the tenth best? Yeah. last time
0: I checked I was number
1: tenth uh at heavyweight so so and even that, what jujitsu now is getting like, you got your weight classes. Mm-hmm. Like back in the day, I know there was always some weight classes, but a lot of yeah. people would do open division, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Like we were talking about, Marcelo Garcia would compete against somebody,
0: yeah, your size <laughs> exactly. Which is- yeah, he's the good, he's the good for that, you know. Um, which is crazy. That's and I think it's only happens mostly in jujitsu where I don't know, um, maybe wrestling. I don't know about like where a division is smaller division can go against a heavier division you know like it doesn't really matter here not in boxing yeah and i think it's because
1: how jujitsu was um promoted like back in the day it was always like learn how to um defend yourself Mm -hmm. against somebody up to 50 pounds heavier that was always the (laughs) the thing right so it's like i think that sort of um is where Mm -hmm. it stems from yeah so so within four years, you went from unranked nogi to tenth best in the world.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, I mean it's it's a it's a good thing, but not close. Because always the, oh, the goal is false number one. So I guess I'm on the right path, but there's still more work to be done. Did you just watch
1: uh, what was that movie with Will Ferrell? Alligator Knights. Tal He goes either first or last. You remember? That? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so. <laughs> You know, like in your day to day now, because um, your technique and your your technical skills are very high. But yep, how much time and energy are you putting in technique, rolling, like active practice, and then into strength and conditioning? Like, yep. if you were to break that all
0: down, where 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 is most of your time going now? Um, definitely, much time is where most of my regardless what it is i think i spend most of my time on the mats you know that's my life and obviously i try to balance it out i need the strength i need my conditioning to be right to supplement my jujutsu. but in the end of the day you know it doesn't matter you can be in the best shape (laughs) you can be and if you don't have the right techniques it's not going to take you very far right so i spend most time studying films watching films you know uh of myself my opponents um uh like studying new techniques and of course drilling them a lot you know i spend more time drilling than actually rolling you know because it's just like i force it i re- i re- i repeat it again and again and again so it becomes like a second nature and it's always that you know it's always i feel it's like okay what's next even though i just did that over a hundred times i'm like man was that enough? You know that type of mindset that I have, and people are like, "Bro, you you here all day, like take it chill." But that's the mindset, man. It's just like, all right, well, all you right need I just...
1: to, you need to almost be like a psychopath. For, exactly. For,
0: yeah, exactly. You know.
1: <laughs> so, um, I guess so. For so, drills would be equal to like pad work if you were a striker. Yeah, exactly. And then rolling mm-hmm. would be like sparring. Yeah,
0: sparring and stuff. And uh,
1: yeah. Are you finding the more, I guess, mature the, and as you're aging, are you rolling less to like injury prevent or does that not trend? Because I know like boxers might start mm-hmm. sparring less. Yeah,
0: um, yeah that's uh, actu- actually I think is a maturity part. It's like boy, I just used to think that you're going to be dying in the gym after every session for mm-hmm. you to feel like you put in the work. But I realized that I was just killing myself. I'll burn out by the end of the week and stuff like that. And you know, it was making it harder for the next day. But at the same time I still just I'm working harder and smarter too at the same time, I would say, because yeah. I have specific people that I have my hard roles with, you know? And I have my role in session that are just to work on new things. So it's not like every session, every round is like a World Championship Finals where I'm just going hard, like, you know, and, if it, and if it, that doesn't really help you develop too. That's one thing I also realize is if you're always working on your A-game, it's, you know, it's not going to help. And at the end of the day, if, if you go against someone who can counter that and you don't really um, improve either because you're just doing the same things that you you used to, you're good at. So, um, yeah, once or we have our pro training sessions, we have other days like uh, three, four times in a week where I have my guys that will go hard, but then the remaining of the day, for example, if I have uh, two sessions in a day, the morning session might be easy rounds. I'm going with blue balls, um, with good white balls, you know, purple balls. Oh, come That's... on, <laughs> what white balls? <laughs> Hey, uh, white belt that are almost blue belts. <laughs> shout out to all the white belts. I love you guys. <laughs> no that's
1: <laughs> like it would be really funny like it's always funny when you see um oh, who did it was a video like five video. yeah it was a tape like he was a uFC fighter, uh-huh, and he went into a gym with like a wig and put on a white belt, but he's not a big guy, so yeah, like you regardless, people are going to be like <laughs> shit Um but he went in it with his white belt and just trolled everybody it was really funny um, yeah man so, so where in your like athletic career did you start realizing recovery cuz like I, you know I, I was never a super athlete but i watched like i'm sure you watched rocky movies growing oh, up oh yeah and yeah. like rocky doesn't recover he just goes 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 so we think in our head yeah yeah cuz it's a movie it's like, you're like oh that's yeah. what i need to mm-hmm. do mhm but when did you start putting recovery, sleep, diet, supplementation, proper training, when did you start realizing that was like a
0: crucial part to, to your game? Um, I've always had an idea, to be honest, like with recovery, but i honestly didn't know what i was doing it's all happened within this past two three years to be honest obviously running into you you know that was, uh, weird. I <laughs> that, know. was that was like i i always i i, I told a story I, I think it was meant to happen i think we first saw each other like we saw in each other austin. It's yeah austin texas
1: yeah guys well here we should tell the story because <laughs> yeah. this happens to my end a lot <laughs> in life so we were in austin we were just starting dfs um being a jujitsu fan, I was like, let's go sponsor a yeah. jiu-jitsu event. So we went to who's number one. Mm-hmm. And it's where, what's his name was supposed to be competing. And they had to get someone last minute. Because um, remember he was like, his belly was all inflamed. Was it
0: Craig oh. Jones? Oh, yeah, yeah. Craig Jones. Was Craig supposed Jones. to go against yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. L- Lovato, I think he they had got... a... what's it called? Was it the, the shot he took? <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: so he wasn't there, and uh then they got Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we sponsored the event, we saw you, we gave you our stuff. And then I was randomly in Michigan. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm craving sushi. And you walk out the door <laughs> right as I'm walking in. And it's like, what are the chances that um, yeah. that was going to happen? So, hey, if you ever
0: died and I was Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Hey, and that was so random. I workout and I like. Yeah. I think you noticed me. I'm like. Yeah. I think I know into it. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Really- <laughs> yeah. So to me, I start the story. I think uh, it was meant to happen, and I'm glad. You know, we we had this good partnership. I I really appreciate all the support so far, man. DFS has been a huge part of my you know my athletic performances this past two years. That's for sure. You I know, really- and. uh and that's when I started getting to it. And even with working out, I never really had a good program before. It's just like I was just doing stuff.
1: Yeah, like what do you – because like what's it called? Gym – what the Brazilians call it, gymnastia? Right? Yeah. Like you're – yeah, you're going to like hold the guy's ankles and he's going to bear crawl. And yeah,
0: run. yeah. It, those are the stuff for stuff, you know. Maybe the best thing like doing pull-ups at the gym with the pull-up bars or like – you know, um, climbing ropes, stuff like that, just to conditioning type of thing. Just doing stuff to do stuff, you know. I didn't have the understanding. I didn't have a name to it Um, until, you know, move, making a move to Michigan. I started meeting, obviously, meeting you, you know, helping me put on the um, the DFS, I, getting me to Mecca, And for the first time, that was when the people actually tested my body, what I was good at, what, what my strength was. I'm like, shit. Because you, <laughs> you look a lot bigger. You look... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely uh, put on like 15 pounds since. Of muscle. You know, of muscle since then. So, yeah, I'm a big boy right now. <laughs> <laughs> we get, do we yeah. want to get you heavier? Yeah, hey, I want to get heavier, man. I want to just, for man, this next year, going to the next ADCC, I want to just walk into the room and everybody's going to be like, okay, it's going to be a bad weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, that's the plan. I we we got to you know? uh, we gotta send you to
1: Doreen Yates for a month. <laughs> So, you know what's funny about body types? Like, mm-hmm. I'm a foot shorter than you, but I put muscle on, like, super fast.
0: Yeah. I
1: put 12 pounds on in three weeks when I went to... No way. Yeah. <laughs> what? How do yeah. you do that? <laughs> I trained with um, Preston Green, and we did two-a-days two a or three-a-days for two weeks. No, one week, week off, one week. And I just put on 12 pounds of month. Like, we did the caliper testing That's... and everything. But I've always struggled with leaning out. So I, I uh, hold. Yeah. So it's just, it's just funny. Whereas yeah, you, you're like, yeah. I would love to be able to put on 12
0: pounds. Uh, me. I mean, like, so I used to compete on the 205 because I was like, I'm not lifting weights. I'm not that strong. And 205 at 6'5", that's crazy, you know. Uh, that's, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have the proper tense And like, I would cut weight to 205 until... ADCC invite so I got an ADCC last year to 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 be on the to be on the ADCC plus 99 and actually if I could choose at a time I wanted to go below below weight that was that but I was getting an invitation I was like I wasn't gonna pick and choose it's always been my dream to be on ADCC so and I had like four months notice so I was like okay we got four months let's work let's put on some weight it wasn't as easy as I thought (laughs) Yeah, because
1: you can't just go and, like, eat McDonald's all day. No, no. yeah,
0: exactly. You're working extra hard. You're putting in the time in the gym. And I thought I loved to eat until eating became – Until you have to eat. Yes, exactly. And I just, like, man – And the most I had was, like, 10 pounds of muscle in four months.
1: Did I ever give you the HCL to take? What was that? The stomach. Um, we have a product that has hydrochloric acid. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I, have, that... I still take those. Yeah, okay, yeah. That I helps those you... helps
0: a lot. It helps a lot, but still, you know, because I had so many sessions right after the other, and it was in the middle of the summer too. <laughs> it was just tough, man. It was tough. But like your two o, what do you weigh now? to? Right now I'm to twenty seven ish. Yeah. And I and I think this is something
1: we're seeing more in. Um, in MMA, I'm wondering if it's transferring into jiu-jitsu where like fighters used to struggle to get down because they felt the lighter's the better, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then fueling themselves properly, being heavier, they're having more success. Because it's like it does being lighter's not always better. Like your body, re- yeah, yeah. Like you're yeah. more mm-hmm, athletic
0: mm-hmm, now. You're you're yeah. reacting better. I'm happier. You yeah. know, <laughs> I am not as grumpy anymore. So yeah, that that's definitely I I I, I understand that and yeah. Cutting weights, man, I really don't miss that. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to weight cut at all anymore. Nah, nah. I just be chilling. Unless I get too big, then I have to worry about cutting a little down. But
1: What's the heaviest um, you can go to?
0: Honestly, I don't even know if Juju to have a limit. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, yeah. So as big as you can get, I guess. Are,
1: you're pretty much the tallest... Are there is there anyone near your height that you roll with at the level you're at?
0: Um, I, there's this one guy, a B team, <laughs> Vince. Shout out to Vince. Yeah, he's the guy that he's a brown belt now. I think he's still a brown belt though, and you know he's up and coming. He's gonna be a problem, that's for sure. Um, yeah, he's a little taller than me. I'll say he's six six. I'm six five. So just that right there. But like in my division so far, the guy who was closest in the division for ADCC was. What was his name? The guy at Fight Sports? He was my second round at ADCC. I lost to by decision. You don't but, remember yeah. his name? Um. <laughs> you got to yeah. turn him into your Drago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know Cyber, was. I, is the Rene? Is not Rene? But something so-so. Okay. Yeah, okay. they all sound the same.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, they all have some Brazilian name. Yeah. Uh, so if we could go back to like when you first got into Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah what was your like i like what was what i've always found interesting about fighting sports was like you put yourself at risk to get into that potential to like be tyson fury and make millions of dollars mm-hmm. but jiu jitsu you didn't have that route when you started yep there was no million dollar payout it's mm-hmm. like what you were saying mm-hmm. it was like i could go and like what drew you to jujitsu? cuz i think from how I've seen you train, you you have a very high level of athleticism that you probably could have gone far in soccer or basketball or yep. football or. But you you stuck in this sport that didn't have that shiny prize at the end.
0: Yeah, um, like
1: what what keep what kept you motivated? Why did you want to go down that road?
0: Yeah, so a little history about me. So I'm originally from Ghana. Um, that's where I grew up. I was born there in Accra, Medina Zongo. Um, I lived in Ghana until I was 15 you know that's where I started and actually I was a, a known to be a soccer star in my neighborhood you know okay. yeah, I was yeah. I had the potential all the stuff and I if I stayed in Ghana I definitely would have pursued soccer that's for sure but life changed quickly when I moved to Japan with, to join my parents at the age of 15 and you know even initially I had plans to play soccer but like in Japan they have different rules you got to be in high school to do sporting activities. That means I had to wait to get into high school first. And I- initially it was supposed to be international high school, but it was way too expensive. So I had to go to the local one. I had to spend like a year to learn Japanese to get to a certain level before I got into it. So it was while I was waiting. Literally, I couldn't do anything. You know, in Japan, you have the option when after middle school to either go to high school or get in the working force. Uh, yeah.
1: You don't have to go to high school?
0: You you don't have to if you don't want to in Japan. So you can go straight into, they call it the aegyo, something like that. You can go straight to like working or high school, then you can p- pursue your sporting and all that stuff. At least that was the explanation I had at the time. You know, so like, okay, for me to do any sporting activity, I got to wait and get into high school and then do that. Even if you want to play in like a local club, you still have to show the proof of you in the school. You cannot just... And looking at Britain, it was a blessing in disguise, you know. And the funny thing is, while I was waiting, my dad was, you know, working with this Japanese guy who happens to be in Jiu-Jitsu, you know. And he was my dad's boss. I remember just meeting him one time, and uh, he was like, what are you doing? Like, he was just asking questions about me. And I remember, you know, things weren't always good with the family, so my dad was like, okay, while you're waiting, you could... Just come help me with my, my business. at the, at the what, way. Did,
1: what did your dad do?
0: Um, he was like a construction architect. So, you know, there was stuff I could do. I could be like lifting heavy shit and passing it to them. You know, just make some use of your time, you know, not just. And the boss didn't like the idea. He was like, he's way too young. He got potential. Like, let's let him focus on learning Japanese now and get into high school. And he had the plans of, like, opening up. He just started his own academy too around the same time, oh. you know? So he was like, yeah, why don't you come tra- try out Jiu-Jitsu? And to me, I was like, you know, what the fuck is what Jiu-Jitsu? Jiu-Jitsu? You know? okay. <laughs> yeah. I was assuming karate or some stuff, you know? I, I, I always thought I was a big uh, Jackie Chan yeah. fan, so that was what I was assuming, just kicking stuff.
1: The funniest clip ever was um Francis Ngahanu was on Joe Rogan. <laughs> Have you yeah. seen it? And he yeah, talks absolutely. about, like, um... He's like, because he wanted to be a boxer. And they're like, no, if you want to make money, you got to get into MMA quick. And he's Mm -hmm. like, what is this jujitsu thing? And they explained what it is. He's like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. I don't want to do that. where I'm
0: from, we don't do stuff like (laughs) that. (laughs) Yeah. So I had no idea. And, you know, just a teenager waiting to get into high school. Mm. Didn't have much going on. I remember my mom still... Uh, my brother was young at the time. He was able to get into high school because, uh, sorry, to get into school because he didn't need all those requirements for, my bro- my youngest brother was still in my mom's belly at the time, I remember. So I would just spend my whole time with my mom and like, man, as a teenage kid, you know, it just, I was looking to get out of the house, just do something, you know. Uh, and so J-
1: Japanese culture is really hard to break into. Yes, <laughs> very hard. Yeah. very
0: very hard, you know, and I, mean, I didn't grow up in Tokyo either i I was in Kanagawa, which is like two hours away from Tokyo it's small like town. it's a small small town nobody you I couldn't find anybody who speaks any any English you know later in Tokyo at least maybe two out of ten people maybe more could speak some some something you know there nothing you know and the further thing was like from there I my high school that i ended up going to was 2 hours from there that was like 4 hours further away from tokyo so it was in the middle of nowhere how long know?
1: did it take you to get to school every day 2
0: hours so i would take a train and a bus you know and it got to a point where i would take a train and i just started riding my bicycle to get there with my friend takara we we ended up that we could save more money it was good for our health, and bicycle would take us like forty minutes. We didn't have to do all those in the bus because the bus had to make so every bike stop forty yeah. minutes to school every yeah. day? yeah and the bus would take like an hour and a half <laughs> yeah, so um you know, let's back to the story. I didn't have much going on, so ju two came around I was like, okay, let me just give it a try, you know um I should. And I, I was assuming people kicking each other. When I got in, it, it was a total <laughs> different thing. <turn. laughs> what, your, what was your reaction? I, I just remember walking in, you know, and uh, everybody have their gi, you know, and a bunch of people just rolling on the floor, like, what is going on? You know? Especially if
1: somebody gets, like, in a triangle, you're like, what is Yeah, <laughs> I'm
0: like, yes, exactly. Why why are you going to put my head in between your legs? You know, I, And I I'm know. from Ghana, like... <laughs> <laughs> I had a
1: I had this Ukrainian ex-girlfriend, uh, Marina, when I uh-huh. just, first started doing jiu-jitsu. And she's yeah. like, "What is this thing you keep going to?" And I brought her to one just
0: <laughs> one class to show her, and she's like, "You enjoy this?" <laughs> I swear, man. Hey, I um just a few days ago, my boy, uh David Garmo, we were just Making fun of this, I'm like, man, I love Jujutsu, but this is fucking weird sport, bro. <laughs> so I think weird. he was showing the Kimura finish from like when he almost like sitting on the head. I'm like, bro, how do you explain this to somebody who, who has understand. no idea, never seen this, just walk into the gyms and like see a bunch of people see the head Especially that? Especially like,
1: <laughs> do you remember Shogun who has shorts? Like, I oh roll, like, man. <laughs> um, the first yeah. competition I went to, there was a guy wearing, um, the wrestling singlet (laughs) but no no underwear no jock oh
0: oh my god he he
1: actually won i think two or three matches because people he would like you know hip thrust them in the face and they're like no 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 i don't i I swear I swear it was my first. <laughs> it, was,
0: it was my first
1: competition, and he kept winning because people didn't want
0: to roll. Yeah, with him. bro, I, I think I'll do the same, bro. Yeah. Come on, my god, because yeah. you couldn't yeah. wear jocks back then, but mm-hmm. now you can't
1: mm-hmm. wear jocks, right?
0: Yeah, I too. What are jocks so like? A like jo- protects your. Oh yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah. no, yeah, yeah. So
1: sorry. So you went to your first um, jujitsu class. Yeah. So
0: I just remember walking in. You know, after he invited me to come through, he was like, okay. Well, I know your situation. You're waiting to get into high school. This is what I can do for you. I can help you. I I can help you train for free. Teach you Jiu-Jitsu. I think Jiu-Jitsu will be really good for you. You know your long long legs and all that stuff. In exchange, just clean the gym after or before, and you can train for free. And to me, initially, I was like, okay, I'm just happy I get stuff to do. And this guy is telling me to to. And to, you can
1: understand him.
0: It, it was sort like, of. Oh. I remember. Uh, I think Yamada-san, his, that's his name. Yamada is my first coach. He was the one who really understood me before I even spoke proper Japanese. Japanese. Yeah, And he was an international guy too. He knew some ways of English and stuff okay. like that. But yeah, he understood my Japanese better than anybody before I could even speak good Super. Japanese. So yeah. yeah, it was a good chemistry from the gate. Uh, and I'm like, man, I don't even know if I want to do this thing long term. And you're already giving me a job to like clean the gym every day in training for free. But I woke up in there. I was a big dude. I wasn't this tall. I was still when I moved to Japan. I was like five eleven, almost six foot. But for two Japanese people, I was still a giant, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I just remember walking in and like, okay, what's going on? And I just had that cocky mindset, you know, of like, all right. These guys, are whatever they're doing, there's no way they're going to do it to me. I'm just going to stop everything. I remember my first class, just roll on the floor. I was just on my knees. I realized I'm on my back. Someone on top of me. My arm is gone. I ain't getting choked.
1: Do you remember, I felt so
0: miserable. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you remember
1: when we did our session? Yeah. So my friend Andrew, uh-huh. he sees me, he thinks he's super athletic. Yeah. He's, he's like 6'2". Uh-huh, whatever. uh-huh, yeah. And in his head, he was convinced I wouldn't be able to beat him. Do you remember? <laughs> and then he roared. Yeah, and exactly. I sh- and I gave exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, jiu will do that to you. It's It will humble you real fast, real fast. And, you know, I remember just, like, feeling after the sparring. And they were having a smile on their face, just going easy. I'm like, man. And to me, I've always been competitive. Like, Kobe is one of my mentors, you know. So I'm like, man why are you smiling, you know? <laughs> am I that easy for you? So to me, just through the suffering, like through getting beat up, I'm like, okay, hey, this gotta be something. This I gotta figure out how to do this stuff to get good enough, you know? So I just realized, you know, I was waiting to get into high school. I was learning my Japanese and I just started trading every day, you know? And uh, even then, uh, I it was still sometimes I'll back and forth and all that stuff. But even I, I ended up getting into high school Man, I started playing soccer for a while. This wasn't the same anymore. You know, I tried to go back into basketball. Well,
1: know? there's there's something about combat yeah. sports where, like, all the other sports are almost fake in competition because the real competition I is like, I, I know the, yeah. the, I started training because I had a short man complex. I'm five, six. So I, I started. My meet, my reason for getting into martial arts is like, I don't want someone to be able to beat me up. Yep. And yep. then when you start getting good at it, mm-hmm. or like what happened with mm-hmm. Andrew, like Andrew's 6'2, mm-hmm. he played mm-hmm. basketball. Mm-hmm. I choked him out in 20 seconds or whatever it was. Yeah. And it was
0: like, that, but <laughs> yeah, then it's exactly. Like, it doesn't matter. You're better than me at basketball. Like, there's this Exactly. Thing in your head. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, coming, it's always been like a team thing. It's always like everybody has to be on the same schedule, same mindset, you know even with basketball, five people gotta be and like no matter how and I got um extreme ownership. Oh, is it ownership yeah, I'll yeah, say yeah. that? Like just knowing that whatever happened, that's on me. If I skip training, that's on me. I think that was one thing I started to like more about doing martial arts. And, you know, obviously I need team, I need guys to do that. But as a teenager I I felt like you it was a new thing to me, you know, coming from Ghana, you know, like just getting into, you know, something that I'm not used to. That's what's new to me. It was just so unique, you know, and I just started to fall deeper and deeper in love with it, you know. And yeah. I don't know, man. It's just like the passion. It's very hard to explain. You know, I played basketball and I would do jujitsu, even though most of the day in the beginning, the earlier days, I would get my ass beat. Like, excuse my French, I'll get my eyes beat real bad. But at the end of the session, I was feeling more better than anything. You know, it's so sad. There's this idea of, have you heard of
1: flow state? Flow state? Yeah.
0: Not really, but yeah, I've heard of that.
1: So I was, um, I was at this networking event called um, Genius Network. Joe Polish puts it on. Mm-hmm. And we brought an author in called Stephen Kotler. Yeah. And he discussed flow state. And a lot in athletics, they study it. Mm-hmm. So flow state happens, from my understanding to what he said, is when you're in a perceived dangerous situation mm-hmm. and it forces you to focus in on the present moment. It has to be yeah. physically hard and perceived danger. So surfing does it because you've you got to pay attention to your surroundings, mm-hmm. snowboarding, skiing. But to me, jujitsu oh. does it because you're and you you're not in perceived danger in basketball.
0: Mm-hmm. Hockey probably mm-hmm. does it cuz you're Yeah, yeah, yeah Football yeah. probably does mm-hmm. it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. but soccer, basketball, golf, like these other sports where there's no real perceived danger. Yeah. Whereas in jiu-jitsu, your body like when someone gets a guillotine on you or you you might know that you could tap, but yeah. there's always something inside something, you like yeah, yeah. what if this guy doesn't feel my mm-hmm. tap? Or, oh, if I roll this way, I'm going to break, I'm going to injure yeah, my arm. Yeah, or...
0: exactly. It's, exactly. It's just that extreme focus, you know, like, even with the leg locks and stuff, you know, if you turn the wrong way, you're fucking up your knee really bad. I know? still so,
1: have a hand injury I haven't been able to get rid of.
0: My, like, it's 90% better, but. Yeah, you know, and I, this is something I didn't even know, I didn't put words to it, flow state, and it makes total sense. I always say it's very hard, you know, you know, meditation and all that stuff. That's good. But to be in the, really be in the moment, just try get somebody on you who's like actively trying to chuck you. Or break your shit. Yeah, worry, no, worry, <laughs> you know? worry. about paying your taxes. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think you're gonna be worrying about other stuff while somebody's like on top of you, like constantly looking to chuck you and other stuff. So, yeah, um, I think that's where what, what, that's what happened to me. Even before I understood that, you know, and I just enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed the process. I wanted, I wanted to get better. And you know, I, I entered my first competition after three months of training. Yeah, uh, understand? Is is a legend, man? Like. Uh, I love him now. It's all good now. But he was strict, very strict. And thank God for him being that way because I would have switched, switched paths, that's for sure. So three months competing, I got my ass beat even worse because I went against a judo guy who was in the gee. Oh. Uh, so And I, I was still a teen. I had my orange belt around, believe it or not, just <laughs> skinny little <laughs> with an afro. <laughs> orange ball just like nervous i'm
1: sure i'm sure the women still liked you in japan i'm sure
0: that was fun. nah nah yeah. not really honestly not really really maybe what no nah, actually no yeah. uh, you, you know living in kanagawa no it wasn't like later on when i moved to tokyo things changed i'm gonna be honest but in kanagawa man like even in high school i remember just like my self-esteem was crushed when a girl told me, oh, you know my type. I like guys with longer hair, you know. And I, like, really mess okay, with my self-esteem, you know. Uh, the stories like, I've heard. Of, yeah. Okay, well, you know, we've, we've all had that. Don't yeah, we. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And but I was just different. I was the only black kid in school. They're not used to me. They were, like, a lot of, you know, like I was saying, I was far away from... Was the there any, field. like, anyone other than Japanese? Or was, like, you... Yeah, there was... Uh, so the school I went was special for guys, people like me. But the most foreigners so the, I had one guy from Dominica, yeah, um, and another one, Santiago, who was from who was Colombian too at the time. Um, so they had that special kids who just moved to this to Japan who mm-hmm. are not very frequent. So there was this special program in the school. But yeah, I wasn't the only foreigner, but we were very few, like five of us in the class. Yeah. yeah. At the time. Yep. It's- and I'm actually uh, also back to the Jiu Jitsu story. After my three months of competing, I got beat up real bad. And I think that's when I really, really turned things up. Because my my motivation initially was like, I want to get a gold medal. You know, they had those medals, you get it uh, That was my motivation. How many, when... how many gold medals do you have? <laughs> Since then, like. Amateur wise, like man, I I lost count because <laughs> I, I get to a point I was competing like almost every weekend in Japan. It was like me and Yamada-san. We did like that. Miyamoto Musashiten. He made sure I was the best in the country. So we were, were you at one point the best in Japan. Oh yeah, easy, easy. What is that feeling? Two years ago, I was the best. You know, it became like, all right, what's next? And I think that was next thought is Is the world is yeah is what ended me up here in michigan and actually i've always wanted to come to the states you know and if you want to get into that it's just like i had a lot of issues legal issues to get to the country it's hard to immigrate yeah, yeah So um, I never really made it in until I got my black belt. So all the way until my black belt, nobody knew about me. So I was kind of like a surprise. I'm like, okay, how come we never heard about you until black belt? Because you I, were you competing in Europe and Japan. Yeah, I was competing in Europe, Japan, and it, and even then, like I was doing really good. I always had that myself. Like, I, I, am I really that good, or am I just better than Asian? being in Asia and people always bring that up to you oh he's just big and athletic I'm like yo I'm pretty good technically too so oh, I yeah, just Japan has a lot of really good like yeah what was his
1: name he wasn't he was not that light um mm-hmm. the Gracie
0: killer Sakuraba yeah Sakuraba put me on he's the reason I got my visa first because he ended up he's the one who did uh quintet Really? Yes. So, so another story, if you, I would like I, to share he this. He was
1: one of my favorite
0: guys back in the day. I, I was freaking out the day I met him, you know, and uh, story. You, you ever heard of Quintet? No. So I think Quintet was my first breakthrough performance, even though it was a Nogi event. Um, two weeks before the event was starting, so it was like a five on five thing. So it's a, it's a grappling event. You bring your five guys, I bring my five guys. Hold on, and it's like a brawl? No, no, no. It's one one on one 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 at a time. So, winner stays, loser is out. And if there's no, and and winner is, you can only win by submission. If there's no submission and you go full eight minutes without submission, both of you are out. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then the new fresh guys are going to come in. And if, let's say, I'm the first guy, they bring their first guy, I beat him up, I'm staying. They and then bring their second, next. It's like a
1: sharp so, thing. Yeah, one yeah.
0: guy can beat, can clear up a whole five guys of the other team. So what happened, in my breakthrough was I was the number three on Sakuraba's team. And before I even made it on Did the team. Did he grapple with you? Or was he the yeah, coach? Uh, he was the coach. He was, that was his team. He was the leader of the so team. Cool. He was yeah. the founder of that event. So, you know, Sakuraba too. And I think it uh, really, uh, he invited a lot of international athletes too. come in so that really brought a lot of attention to the japan tokyo that event alone, and that was when i came in you know and two weeks before the event i think one guy got injured or like for whatever reason they needed one more guy and it was a heavyweight they have the lightweight division and the heavyweight division for the for that time it was for the heavyweights so the five heavyweights whatever so they were looking for another guy. And the other guy who was gonna come, he was international, he wasn't gonna make it in time. And somebody just brought me up. He's like, hey, you ever heard of this guy? He's with Carpo DM. he just moved to Tokyo. Very big athletic, he's killing all the local divisions. And he contacted my coach. You know, and they're like, hey, they would like to come see me train. When I couldn't believe it, like Sakuraba wanna come see me train? Did he like he spoke to you and obviously? No, nah, he spoke to my coach. But, you know, my coach told me that, like, I couldn't believe that. So the next day, I was just in the room. We had our session. Camera crew. It's still on YouTube. You can okay, find yeah, out. I want to see that. it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, And that was the coolest experience of my life. He just came in. They sat down. They watched me and my boys train. And honestly, I didn't think he was gonna, I was going to get a call, you know. He went back like an hour later. I got a call like, hey, they want me to be part of the team. I was brown belt at the time, you know? So I, I didn't know what to expect. I'm on the top, sp- top stage. It was on UFC Fight Pass, all that stuff. But then as a Bramble, number three, I went in. I submitted four black belts in a row.
1: Oh, my. Has anyone ever done that?
0: <laughs> nope. I still have the most <laughs> submission in a row on Quintet. And guess what? I beat one guy on uh, Eddie Bravo's team, too, as well. Because Eddie Bravo was in Tokyo. And they, you know, initially everybody thought like Ten planner was gonna have an easy win, walk through. They they eventually end up winning, but it wasn't an, as easy as everybody thought because I was around. <laughs> so you know, um, uh, Eddie Bravo was pretty impressed, I guess. So Is that he, how you
1: got over to who's number one?
0: Um, that's how my name started to get known, you know, so internationally. So I got on he get back. He was on Joe Rogan. He was started talking. He just, even though he he muttered my name at the time. Oh, he, he said he talked. He, about yeah, we talk about me on Joe Rogan. I just remember that was my first blow up. People were like yo, uh, Eddie brother is talking about you on Joe How Rogan. How did that Like, feel? They were like yeah, man, I felt so crazy, and I just like went from three thousand followers at a time <laughs> to like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was struggling. I was, I finally made three thousand. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm. I'm famous now. I'm getting famous. Like to, just like gaining, like boom, overnight. I'm like, man, the power of Joe Rogan is for real. So, um, so
1: not the same because my name wasn't mentioned. But we sponsored Juliana. Yeah. yeah. And she won her fight against Aman- Aman- uh-huh, Amanda Amanda uh-huh. Nunes. Yeah. And she brought Joe our supplements, and they spoke about our brand for like. Three minutes, and I was like, "This can't be real. Yo. This, can't, this can't actually be real, right? Yeah, now. Um,
0: this is that's that. Uh, it's crazy how influential he is, you know. He's yeah.
1: So, um, moving forward now, um, you're so you're moving.
0: Yep, yeah, I'm getting out of Detroit. To, um, it's a tough decision, but I'm moving to uh, down to Austin, Texas. Yep, better weather. And um, <laughs> hey,
1: I'm not... <laughs> and that and people don't know like Austin has sort of become like the mecca of yeah
0: the mecca of jiu-jitsu right now of yeah
1: jitsu right you have like Gordon Ryan's team down mm-hmm, there where mm-hmm. you're going um yeah. the what's B- his team. name the B team and Craig Jones there's somebody else though uh, Nick Rott? no he's a Brazilian guy uh, on B team no 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 in Austin um huh you would know him he was at who's number one when you were there um is that Rafael no. no, Rafael's OKC, okay, right? Uh, yeah. No, he coaches um he coached one of the not Gilbert Burns, the guy that he
0: uh, Victor Higo?
1: No, uh, Shandy. 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 Yeah, yeah. Shandy's at right, right, yeah. it. Is he in Austin? I think so when he uh, really? I think huh. so. I don't know. He was telling us that who's number one. He has gyms all over uh, Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Was, yeah. yeah um, for
1: sure. So what does it look like now? Um you getting re- like you're you're there, you're a top ten guy. Mm-hmm like you mentioned like strength training has changed you supplements have changed you like what what's your plan now like what are you trying to accomplish other than getting your skills better like what are you trying to do with your body
0: yeah Uh, skill wise definitely it's always you know always improvement always room for improvement i'll say but my goal is to be number one my goal is to be number one and um you know it's always been that way, uh, I, I started to realize, you know, I had people who believed in me before I even did believe in myself, you know, like my first coach, he saw the potential way earlier, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I, I had to take the steps, you know. Um, the road that I took is not the one that, I like, definitely is a, the road less traveled, you know. It's not the road that everybody took because I never really made it to the state until two years ago, you know. Um, so, I know I have what it takes to be number one. And, man, we as we know, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not an easy thing. It's easier said, but that's my goal, and I'm, I'm, I'll do whatever it takes. Move cities, change jobs, whatever it takes, man. Let's get it. Let's get it. And, you know, you look at the best guy right now, you know, hats off. I respect all the guys, but they don't have anything on me, man. And I'm thinking, like, why not me? That's re- I
1: think, honestly, that's the difference between a winner mindset and a losing yeah. mindset is why not me. Yeah, exactly. And then exactly. You, do, you do everything in your power Exactly. To get it. Yep. Let, yeah. let's, let's
0: do it. I just got to figure out what I need to work on, the teammates I need to get, anything that's going to push me get there. It's, it's not that complicated, you know? Just going to show up and do the work and be number one. That's it's true. Really.
1: It's not that complicated. Um, <laughs> Well, no, thank you for coming on. I, I'm happy we caught you before yeah. you moved. Uh, if yeah, people want to find you, um, what's your Instagram handle again?
0: Um, Heisome AJJ.
1: And I think you sell, you have branded rash guards people can buy, right?
0: Yeah. Um, it sold out quick, to be honest. But yeah, uh, stay out, Stay on touch. We're going to release some cool stuff too. I have uh, some ideas for t-shirts, rash guards, hoodies okay. coming out soon. Yes, sir.
1: Yeah okay, I'm gonna buy a rash guard when you do. <laughs> let's get it. Um, and then if you guys need to find me, it's born b o r n underscore at sign underscore boxer mm-hmm. uh, b o k s e r, and yeah, uh, thank you for coming on. And thank
0: you for having me, man. And then, uh, man, shout out to de- design for sport, man. You guys really transformed me for real. I appreciate that.
1: I, th- I have a hard time accepting when people say good things <laughs> about me or stuff, I yeah. mean, but. No, I I appreciate it. I think um, yep. we really wanted to help you the best way we could, and it's humbling that it's made a difference. Yeah, so, for
0: yeah. real, for real. You know, and like I said, man, uh, whatever I can do to to support the team because just, man, give, me, just give me my black belt. <laughs> I got you. I got you, and we're gonna roll after too. Yeah. Hey, I'm not gonna go easy on you though, just so you know. Yeah, yeah I don't. <laughs> well, your foot's like the size of my hip. <laughs> hey, I was gonna use what they, you got. They oh. say, but. Yeah, Yeah. I'm excited. And, uh, yeah, any chance I get, you know, me and DFS, we're going to go a long way. That's for sure. Yeah, we're happy. Yeah, yeah, Let's get it.
1: All right, we're in. Uh, Yeah, thank you again, guys. And looking forward to speaking to you guys next time. Speaking to you. Os. Os. Yeah, os. Ciao. thank you again for joining us in Leaders in Sport. I'm your host, Jordan Boxer, and we just want to thank you from everyone at Designs for Sport for giving us your time and attention. We hope to continue to bring you episodes that will help pique your interest and help you elevate your career so we can elevate the industry. Thank you.